some of which actually happened. And I think at some level we can all identify with that statement because uh, I don't know about you, but I sometimes find myself spending a lot of time, a lot of effort worrying. I know probably none of you guys do that. Maybe somebody on your row does. Uh, but we worry about all kinds of stuff. We worry about tomorrow. We worry about the weather. We worry about what the doctor's going to say uh, when we go for a checkup. Um, we, we worry about what others think about us. Sometimes we worry because we're not worrying. You ever done that? You, you, uh, you're, you're having a good day, and you're, you know, there's a bluebird on your shoulder. The sun's shining down. You're seeing, you're seeing, oh, what a beautiful day it is. And all of a sudden, you think, oh my, I hope I haven't just jinxed myself. And now some terrible thing's going to befall us. And we start to worry about not worrying. Now Jesus knew that that was our tendency, and so he follows up his teaching that he just been given uh, in chapter six about uh, with with telling us about worry. And so we're at the end of Matthew 6. We're in, uh, going to start reading in verse 25. And remember, Jesus has been talking about our treasure. He's been telling us, uh, be careful how you view treasure. Be diligent to store up treasures in heaven, not on earth. And, and he ends his teaching in chapter 6 about treasure by saying you can't serve both God and wealth. You can't have two masters. Therefore, and here's the point of, uh, here's the point of what he says and, and hence the point of the sermon, don't worry about the necessities of life. Because God will provide those things that we need. Now, Jesus' teaching is extremely simple, very straightforward, but simple is not the same thing as easy. Simple is not the same thing as easy because it's easy to know and it's easy to say, I won't worry. It's easy to sit here on a Sunday morning and say, oh yeah, I'll just trust God and believe everything will be okay and, and everything's all good. But it's something else when there's a job that's lost. It's something else when uh, a company that you've invested money in closes its doors. It's, it's something else when a family member goes astray or, or there's uh, some health need in, in your life or when there's too much month at the end of your check. And so Jesus gives reasons, eight reasons as a matter of fact, not to worry. Eight reasons. Almost every verse in here is a reason not to worry. Now, uh, because of time constraints, we're not going to deal with these in great depth and we'll only hit half of them today. But I think dealing with all eight of them it's the, same, it's the same message over and over and over and over. And you can't help but get what Jesus is trying to say because if you can't figure it out after hearing it eight times, you might need, you're, you're kind of slow on picking things up. Okay? So for those of us who are warriors and fretters, uh, this sermon's for us. If you, if you have Matthew 6, fan, would you stand in honor of God's Word? We'll pick up reading in verse 25 and we'll go down to the end of the chapter. He says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor do they reap, nor do they get, gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field, uh, how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the 
Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows what you, heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You may be seated. Now Jesus starts out his argument, his teaching on uh, on worry, by telling us the first reason not to worry is because God will sustain the life He created. God will sustain the life He created, and He starts out with a "how much more so" argument. But before we get into that, I want to clear up uh, something because I know that not everybody has the translation that I do. And so, whenever you're reading uh, this passage, if you're reading one of the older translations. At the beginning of, of this teaching, it says, Take no thought for your life. And so you may be looking at that and saying, Well, now Jesus seems to be saying, Don't plan for tomorrow. Don't set any kind of goals. I'll just, I, I should just live willy-nilly in life. Uh, it doesn't matter if I work. It doesn't matter if I do whatever. I'll just trust that somebody will take care of me in some way. That is not what Jesus is saying. This is one of those times when, uh, when language has changed over time because back when like the King James Version and, and earlier uh, versions of the Bible were translated, the word thought, as it was used in this context, meant worry or anxiety. And indeed, the Greek word that's used here has the idea of distraction. Distraction. Now, when we are worried about something, we're distracted, aren't we? I mean, our, our mind is torn. It's divided. We can't focus on our family like we should. When we're worried, we can't focus on our job like we should. When we're worried, we can't focus on church or, or the sermon or the Bible or whatever it is like we should. That is the kind of thing that Jesus is condemning. The worrying and stewing and fretting, planning for the future and being diligent is good. The Bible says to do that. So realize that if you have an older translation, Jesus is not saying don't plan. He's saying don't worry. Someone has, has well said there's a difference between foresight and foreboding. See, foresight is good, foreboding is bad. Now, he starts out by making his case that God gave us life and he made our bodies. Now, I know there are some that, that don't believe that, but we as Christians accept the fact that God has given us life, he's given us our bodies. But when you think about it, that's pretty incredible. When you think about the complexities of our, of our bodies and, uh, and how that's all made up, it's pretty spectacular. So think, if God will do something spectacular in giving us life making our bodies, how much more so will he do something less spectacular in giving us food to sustain that body or clothes to protect that body? Said so another way, if God's going to give us life and a body, he's going to give us what we need to keep those things going. Now, at the parade, I saw some nice cars. There's a, a Trans Am. I had a flashback from when I was in college when my friends had a a TA, and it was it didn't look near as nice as the one that was in the parade. And there was a, a Corvette that was near us, and, and there's a GTO and orange one that went by, and there's a Mustang. And I looked at those, and man, they were shiny, and they were all you know somebody spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort on those cars. Well, Jesus' argument would be the same as those guys spending thousands and thousands of dollars, all this work and effort going into one of those cars, and then not bothering to put the gas in it. Okay, he's going to do the, if, if he spent all that money to restore the car, he's going to put the gas in it so he can drive it around and show it off. Same thing. Jesus is saying, if God's going to go to the trouble of making our bodies, which I know is no trouble for God, but you know what I mean. If he's going to make our bodies, how much more so will he give us those things that the body needs? 
Therefore, don't worry because God will sustain the life He's created. First argument. Argument two. Don't worry because you're valuable to God. Look at verse 26. You're valuable to God. He starts out. He starts fleshing out this argument with an example. He says, "Look at the look at the birds." And I think he probably did that literally because he was outside. He probably said, "There was birds over there." And look at them over there pecking around the ground. And it, and it doesn't really matter what kind of bird Jesus is talking about because all birds basically are the same in this sense. You look at the birds, and what do they do? They teach us how we should be. They don't they don't go out and sow a crop. They don't drive a tractor. They don't drive a combine. I like to take pictures of barns. Never taken a picture of, of a, a bird barn because they don't have them. They don't store up their food. And yet day by day, even in the wintertime, God supplies what they need. We've been fortunate in that there are some crows that have begun to hang around our house the last little bit. And the crows... These crows like to hang out by our bedroom. And it, it, and they don't show up most of the time. I mean, if you see them, they might be down here at the church in the afternoon. In the morning, they like being by our bedroom window. And we couldn't get a, a, a bird by our window that sings a pretty song. You know, and you'll be laying there, and it doesn't bother Scarlett, I don't think, because it takes a freight train to wake her up. But there are these birds right outside our window. And it's so annoying because it's like deafening loud. You know, I want to shoot them each time they start it up, and I might do it one of these days, but, you know, they can teach us something. Here are these birds. They're not wondering where their meal's coming from. God provides it, and they just sing away. Now, if we would do that, some of us would sound like a couple old crows, wouldn't we? But you know what? That's all right. How much can we learn from those birds? Because we should trust God for what we need. And just like just like God will will provide for the birds, you know, they when they're little, you know, they sit there with their mouth open and just wait for Mama Bird to drop some some food in. But grown up birds, they don't do that. They get out and they they work, so to speak. They do what they can. They're they're hunting and pecking, looking for their food. They're not just waiting for God to drop it in. And I think that's a lesson for us. They're not bogged down with worries when they're doing it, though. Instead, they go about their work and their hearts and their mouths are filled with a song. And I think that's, again, that's a good lesson for us. And Jesus points us to them and he says, look at the birds. God feeds them. And you know what? Adam, you mean a lot more to God than a bird. And Scarlett, you do too. And I do too. And all of us do. We mean a lot more to God than a silly old crow does. And what earthly father in his right mind is going to go out with bird seed, feeding the birds while his own children are starving to death? None. How much more so then our heavenly father who values us so highly? So Jesus says, don't worry because you're valuable to God. Third argument, he says, don't worry because it doesn't do any good. It doesn't do any good. Look at, you, look at verse 27. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? He says, you know what? Worry is useless. And again, I know that I'm probably the aberration. You guys are probably don't do this at all. But I worry about things sometimes. And here's what, here's what happens to me. I'll construct a scenario in my mind about the way things are going to happen. And again, bear with me as I try to explain this. 
I'll think, you know what? I bet this is going to happen. And then if this happens, here's what I'm going to say. And then when I say it, this person's going to say, oh, yeah, and then they'll respond this way. And I'll say, oh, well, and then, you know, I can trick the snare. But what if they don't take it the way I want it? What if I don't get it spit out right? Then they'll say this, and I'll do that. You ever done that? Everybody's done it, right? And we have this big scenario in our minds, and then when it all happens, it doesn't happen like anything of what we thought. I mean, sometimes it doesn't happen, period. The scenario, scenario never presents itself. Now, what have I done when I started getting my mind all worked up? I've made myself miserable because my scenarios never end up, I mean, they might end up with me, you know, ah, you know, and I'm feeling all good. It might end up with something like that. It may end up with me winning an argument. But it, in the end, many times, I always end up feeling bad. I made myself miserable. I stressed myself out. I made myself even more unpleasant to be around than usual. And in the end, I'm worn out, and what have I gotten accomplished? Nothing. Not a single solitary thing. John Lubbock was right when he said, A day of worry is more exhausting than a week of work. And I, I identified with that. And I struggle with this just like everybody else. It's the what ifs. For instance, Wednesday. Okay? Now, Wednesday, we had business meeting, everything's fine. Went home, went to bed. Everything's fine. Woke up about 3.30 in the morning. And then before, right before I went back to sleep, for some reason, and I know this probably happens to you guys too, the church financial report popped into my mind. Now, I'm sure that's normal for everybody, right? And I started thinking about the church financial report. Well, then I started thinking, well, this and then that, and what about this? And how about that? And I started thinking all these scenarios. You know how it is. And then when you're half asleep, you come up with some really weird ideas, right? And so here I am, 3.30 in the morning, and I can't turn my brain off. It's just thinking all these different scenarios. And I don't know, I don't even remember what I was thinking. I know it wasn't good because I, I, I remember being worried and stressed out and getting all worked up. And here it is, and I'm thinking, I might as well just get up. But then I thought, no. I don't want to get up at 3.30 in the morning. That's too early. So I lay there in bed. And then in all that stuff that's happening, I thought, what am I preaching this week? Oh, yeah, don't worry. You know, now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a preacher. We have to go through the things that we preach about a lot of times, sometimes that week. And so then I thought, you know what? I remember the verse that I shared at business meetings. Let me read it for you. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? That's the verse I read at business meeting. And I'm laying there, business meeting night, thinking about all that stuff. Well, then it's time to do some business. Not with the church, but I had to do some business in my own heart and business with God. And so then I thought, you know what? I'm going to remember that verse and I'm going to decide to trust God. And I did it. And then I started worrying again. And I was like, ah! And I did it again. And I was, I was Lord, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And, you know, and again, it's still early in the morning, 4 o'clock by now. And, and I just kept, it was just this big cycle. I would I'd lay it down and pick it right back up. And, and lay it down and pick it back up. 
making this, this commitment to trust God, finally I had a brilliant idea. I thought, maybe I should pray about this. And so it was in the midst of praying and trying to trust God about tomorrow that I drifted off to sleep. And usually, I know you guys have never done this either, sometimes I fall asleep when I'm praying. Usually I feel bad when I do that. But I was pretty happy I did that Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. But I say that because we can worry and fret all that we want, but in the end, it doesn't do any good. I lay there and worried for half an hour, and guess what? It's still the same Thursday morning as it was Wednesday night. Nothing happened. Now, before we move on, I want to clear up another difference in translation because your Bible may say here that who by worrying can add a cubit to his height instead of an hour to his life. And this is obviously speaking about life. I mean, we speak, speak of the length of life. Uh, Psalm 39 asks God to help us to know the measure of our lives, and then it goes on to say that our lives are but a handbreadth, the width of our hand. It's, it's a very small, very short thing. And, and it, this is especially clear when you compare what Jesus says here to what he says in Luke chapter 12. Because in Luke chapter 12, it's a record of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, but in verse 26, he says, If then you can do, uh, cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? So the picture is doing something very small. And, and let's face it, adding 18 inches to your height would be a pretty big deal. That's what a cubit would be. So, so what he's saying is don't worry because it doesn't accomplish anything. It's not going to add any length to your life. It's not going to add a second to your life. It's not going to be able to take one more step in your life than, than what you're going to anyway. So don't do it. Don't accomplish anything. And the fourth reason he says don't worry. If you if you look, he talks about the lilies of the field. And what he says is don't worry because worry is really a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith. Now this is obvious, I think, but Jesus pounds it home. And instead of birds, he's, he doesn't say, look at the birds. They're out there picking up their food. He says, look at the flowers. Look at the grass of the field. They're, they're not being cared for by man, and yet God in his goodness and providence provides for them as well. And if your heavenly Father will give plants, and, and, and plants are very transient, they're here today, gone tomorrow, and that and these plants didn't have any function other than, than to look pretty and to heat their ovens after they would, of course, they didn't have woods like we do over here, so they couldn't go out and cut, cut wood, cut brush. they go out and they, they, they cut their grass. And after the grass in the field would wither up, it'd be dry, they'd use that to heat their ovens. That was all it was good for, to look pretty and to give them heat. And if, if God would take care of something like that, how much more so will he do that with us, whom he loves so much that he sent Jesus to die for? Jesus didn't die for a flower. He died for us. And Jesus says, if you doubt the goodness and providence of a God like that, your issue is a faith issue. Namely, you don't have enough of it. And that really makes sense, doesn't it? Because if you're worried, why, is, why are you worrying? Because you're not trusting God. You're not some spiritual giant because you're worrying about something. You're worrying because you don't trust God in the matter. George Mueller, the great saint of yesteryear, used to say, Where anxiety begins, faith ends. Where faith begins, anxiety ends. Why? Because faith and fear are mutually exclusive. And when we're faced with worry, 
and fear and doubt, that's when we have to make a choice to trust God. That's when we have to, 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 to count on His goodness, to trust in His care, to believe Him when He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, does that mean He's going to give you everything that you're praying for? No, it doesn't. Maybe He will, maybe He won't. But we know that whatever we face in this life, if God is truly our Heavenly Father, He'll be with us in whatever we face, good or bad. As I was studying this past week, I came across a statement, and I read it, and I literally made a noise. I was like, huh. And usually I just think those things, but actually elicited a verbal response. And I read it again. I was like, hmm. I read it again. I read it several times. And it was just good every time I read it. Here, it, it really struck a chord. Here's what, he, here's what the commentator said. If many prosperity preachers err in urging Christians to seek material gain, many of us err by doubting God's power to provide. If many prosperity preachers err in urging Christians to seek material gain, many of us err by doubting God's power to provide. And that just really struck a chord with me because, frankly, I, I'm not, I don't go along with the whole Word of Faith movement and all that stuff. I... No, I don't go along with that. Why? Because many times, as I said before, they're asking, trying to get us to ask God to uh, subsidize our idolatry, uh, worshiping our money, material possessions. But then I look at myself and say, but how many times do I doubt God's power to come through when I need it? And I say, hmm. Hmm. That, that is struck close to home. And it's hard to trust God. It shouldn't be. It should be the simplest thing in the world. We know He loves us. If we're if we're Christians, we're His children, it shouldn't be hard to trust Him. We know that He has the power and inclination to help us, to provide for us. We know it. But I think the real problem is it's uncomfortable to not feel in control. And I say feel in control because we, we never are in control. But we like to feel that way. And when it goes out of our hands, it's tough. It's hard to trust another, even if the other is God. That's what we must do. Whether it's good times or bad, have faith in God. Whether things are going our way or not going our way. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't stress about it. Relax and trust God because He loves you. How freeing is that? Now, this moment, we're going to have a time of prayer and invitation. And I know that in a crowd this size, probably everybody here has something on your hearts. Maybe maybe something big, maybe something not as big, maybe something you've been wrestling with for a long time, maybe it's something new. And the Bible says, cast your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. And in that time of prayer and invitation, do that. Now you may be like me. I hope you're not. I hope you can just lay it down and that's it. But maybe you're like me and you lay it down and you pick it right back up. Then you lay it down and you take it back up. Lay it down and take it back up. Just keep laying it down. Because what we do so many times is we'll say, well, I've just laid it down so many times, I might as well just carry it. I keep having to put it down. Might as well just carry it. I'm stuck with it anyhow. No, keep laying that thing down. Lay it down. Lay it down. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus says. Make a conscious effort to believe Him and what He says. Trust His provision. Because really, what, what good is that doing you anyhow? None. So trust God. Now again, this has been geared towards Christians, but 
I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that trusting God is not only the way that you should live your life as a Christian, but that's the way that you get saved and become a Christian in the first place, is by putting your faith in Him, by trusting Him to save you, to forgive you of your sins. And the Bible says that if that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've not done that, today's the day. Why don't you stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I'd ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just in the quiet of this time, what is it that you're carrying around that you need to lay down? What burden? What care? What anxiety? What worry? Work situation? Family situation? Money situation? Purity situation? Church situation? And we have all these things that can burden us down. What is it that you need to lay down? You need to trust God. like those birds, we don't just sit back and do nothing. God expects us to do what He's enabled us to do, but in the end we still have to trust God that is